0: Right. Well, let's just pray, hey? And Simon, if your fingers haven't dropped off yet, do you mind keeping on playing? (laughs) That would be so good. Oh, Father God, we acknowledge your presence. Lord, we acknowledge that you are here right with us in this midst. We thank you for your word. You've already dropped in our spirit that you just long to dwell with us. You long to hang with us. You long for us to stay in your presence. And please forgive us, Lord, for the times that we step out of that, and we step away and we look at things that take us out of your presence, out of that rest, out of that place where... we can be fully alive and fully aware and fully present in you. Thank you for your word that is light, for your word that is truth, for your word that is shed abroad, that we can shed abroad, as we take it and we live it and we love it and we we eat it and we let it fill us, every fibre of our being. I pray that your spirit would align with our spirits today and we would hear what your spirit wants to say. That you would give us ears to hear, eyes to see and a heart to receive what it is that you're speaking to us. I had this vision over the last couple of days of a staircase, but it was a bit different because the first steps were quite manageable and the next steps and then the steps got bigger and bigger and bigger. They got so big that this person was actually having ah. to like <laughs> lift their leg up like this, which I thought, whoa, God, what is this you're saying? and And then he said, Turn around. And I turned around and looked back, and people were falling off the stairs. They couldn't manage the stretch that it was requiring for them to get to the next, I guess, level or place. And I said to the Lord, What are you doing? He said, I'm calling you up. I'm calling you up. This new level, I'm calling you up. But the higher you go, and we've already been getting this word, it requires this stretching, it requires this uncomfortable place. So if you're feeling uncomfortable, then you're right where God wants you to be. If you're comfortable, then be challenged today to stretch because... This word that he gave me was concerning us going higher, but also what to do about the ones who are falling, by the way. The Lord said to me that the walk requires a walk of humility, a walk of being open about the brokenness and the woundings in our lives. And a walk that upholds the Word. Right now, around us, people are being deceived and are believing to compromise the Word is okay. And you know, there might have been a time where that was okay. The grace of God covered us in that place. But if you want to stay on the low steps, it'll be okay but if you're going to go up higher with God, he's actually saying, you see, what I see in my spirit is this brightness that we, as we go higher, we're going closer and closer to this brilliant light. And he said, I have to separate the precious from the vile, because I can't have the vile in my presence. Now, this is not God condemning me or you. It's not God saying what you're doing is wrong. It's just saying he's calling us up, he's calling us higher, he's calling us to this new place. It's a challenging place, but he gave me a couple of verses and, and these are the words that he gave me, that the place that to operate out of as we journey, climb these stairs... Psalm 27, verse 2 says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. You see, we don't have to strive. We don't actually have to try harder. He's actually calling us to rest. And as in the place of rest, he's then able to stretch us if we think it's up to us or something that we have to do out of our giftedness or talent or ability, we've fallen into pride, which is what I saw was the opposite to what he was calling us into, which is humility. If we think that we have to hide something because if it's seen, it's not going to be valued or have a place then we can't go higher because we actually have to let him open us up to be true. We are not perfect. We are unrighteous but righteous by the blood of Jesus. So if we feel we have to hide to go higher and oh, I can't let anyone see this, then that's a deception that we have to nail and walk in truth straight away If we feel that we can compromise the word, you know, look, today everyone does this. Everyone does this. Even Christians are doing this. You hear that a lot. It's okay. God will forgive us because that's what he does. And you know, that's the truth. That is absolutely the truth. But there is a space right now that God is saying, you want to come higher? You want to be the forerunners with me? This is what it's going to take. And to honour Phil and Dale, they are forerunners in this work. They have sought the supernatural as we are here because we want to see that as well. I had a word for Dale this week that really encouraged me because it was like... As a forerunner, I think as a, a forerunner, woman forerunner, there can often be a higher cost. I don't want to diminish the male side, but I don't understand it. But sometimes for myself, I've felt like, why the heck is everyone going for me? What about their father or what about their brother? Or, you know, what is it about me? What is it that I caused this offence? Just Is it just being a woman I don't actually fully understand, but Mary did birth the saviour of the world. So there is something that women are given. There's an anointing that they have. And Dale is carrying an anointing of a forerunner that is incredibly powerful. I just want to encourage us all women or men to really pray for her, for both Phil and Dale, but she is carrying something that is... She's, I feel, steps ahead of me in the spirit in terms of this stair climb that we're on and I think it can often be a lonely, isolated place because not many people understand the journey. But God's calling us, you know, we can actually get up there as well. We just have to be prepared to be stretched more, compromise less. When I saw the people falling by the way, I recognized some of their faces. and God said to me, "Don't don't look back. Don't look to the ones that are falling away. I've got them. They're my responsibility." That was very releasing for me because even some of my own children are in that falling away category. And as a mother, you know, the very thing you want to do is jump in there and rescue, right? <laughs> it's, God was saying to me, don't look to those that are falling away, but keep your eyes on Jesus. We are not to rescue them, but to leave them with the Lord. We're in such a point right now that as we continue to make this climb and get stretched, there are going to people be people that the enemy uses this to try and keep us distracted. You know, They want to hold on. To, and I see it like this, that some, and I don't want to be brash about this, but some come to me and, you know, they just want a bit of my anointing. They don't want to pay the price. No. They don't want to lay down their life. They just come on. Yeah, I've got that same calling. Well, I have to say now, I say, well, get lost and go sort it out with God. Amen. Don't ride on my coattails because that's not right. Now, once upon a time in the church, we created the space where if you felt called, you could have a little go and a little puddle and, you know, that's okay. Okay. But I feel like God is saying now that if we are dependent on anyone else except him, we are in trouble. And if we let people depend on us, we are going to not be able to keep going higher. So this for me was a little hard to receive because there's people dear to me that I'm seeing falling away right now. But if we focus on them, it will start to become a little consuming. And God is saying, leave them with me. I will look after them. He gave me Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. Sometimes we fall because it's our own pride and rebellion. Sometimes we fall because we've listened to the voices that might sound good, but they're not God. There's a lot of reasons why sometimes we, we get a little lost on the way. But the Lord is saying, if we have a contrite spirit, willing to humble ourselves, willing to lay down the desire to hide, And maybe not be completely honest. Willing to say the word is the word and I won't compromise it. Then we can walk in the holiness that he's calling us to. The walk of holiness that I see he was calling in this space was as these steps get bigger and more and more stretching, I think there's going to be less and less people around, but we're closer to that presence. We're closer and we can call and draw on the presence rather than the people. And there are people that I've been walking with and now... You know, what happened? I can't explain. I had a friendship of 40 years. We prayed in the spirit together. We saw people delivered. We saw massive things. But something happened and that friendship is no longer. Now, it took me a few years to get over that. But what God showed me is that it's a choice for me to continue climbing or to spend time trying to fix something that's not my job to fix. It's a hard choice to make, it's a hard call and in making the choice to keep pursuing the things that God was calling me to, I had to let some things go. So I just want to finish with um, this that God gave me this week in Isaiah 58. He showed me the two fasts. Isaiah 58 talks about two fasts. Maybe I should be preacherish and read a bit of it, do you think? You, you tell me what to do there. Um, so the first fast is this one. It's Isaiah 58. Cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a triumph trumpet. Tell the, my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways as a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of, of their God. They ask me of the ordinance of their justice and they take delight in God. Why have we fasted, they say? Just... Don't they sound like godly people that he's just described then? They are taking delight in approaching God. These don't sound like bad people. But they say to God, Why have we fasted? And why have you not seen? Why have we afflicted our souls and you've taken no notice? In fact, in the day of the fast... You found pleasure, God said, and you exploited the people around you. Indeed, you fasted for strife and debate and to strike with the fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. I was really challenged by that because those people actually sounded like they're Christians. They sounded like they're people who want to serve God. But there were a few things they were doing. One was they were asking, why? Why aren't you hearing me, God? Why aren't you listening to me? And the Lord spoke to me very firmly and said, that is a self-centred position. That's coming from a self-centred place. Then they exploited others. And I said to God, what do you mean? And he said, They were codependent. They were looking to other people to meet their needs. They were looking to other people to validate their beliefs. They were looking and manipulating people to come and support their compromise. Because if we are not compromising, we don't need other people to validate us. We know we're walking in truth. There was strife and debate... Contention, there was contention. You will find contention in Christians who are having a self centered fast. If you're finding it in yourself, then you can know that as much as you want to delight the Lord, there's something a little bit not right about that fast. Their soul was afflicted. In other words, their thinking, their emotions, their desires. There was something not right and lining up. Then they became religious, which is appearance and perfectionism and rules and formulas. I found this really challenging, that this fast, God said to me, was the self-centred fast. Then he goes on to say, is this not the fast that I've chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring to your house the poor that are cast out, when you see the naked that cover him and not hide yourself from your flesh? I don't feel I fully understand this, but I felt God say, in contrast, this is the selfless fast. This fast goes about loosing bonds of wickedness and I was thinking about saving people but he actually said no. Some people you have to let go. Even some family, even some friends, if there's a compromise in their life you might have to let them go for a time, for a season. You might have to disengage with some people, that maybe there's a compromise pulling you. You might have to step away. Does this feel hard? This, was, this really grated inside of me. I was like, God, this does not sound a lot of fun. And then he said, undo the heavy burdens. And I was thinking of, you know, all these people that are drug addicts and all these things that I would love to race and save. But he said to me, no, this is about generational iniquity. This is what he was expressing to me. This is about your everything past that needs to be undone and left behind. This is about the people and the relationships that are no longer serving you well that you actually need to step away from. And then he said, he says, to break every yoke, you know, well, I'm envisaging going out and sort of the spirit cutting off addiction and all this stuff and... And he said, no, this is your yokes. This is your yokes. The claims and attachments on your life that need to be broken off. And then the rest is quite confusing, but <laughs> you can read it. But you know, the thing that he says is, then your light will sh- you'll break forth. Your healing will spring forth. The righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be shredded. I'm like... Wow, I have two choices here, a self-centred fast or a selfless fast. And I've always thought selfless meaning like, you know, laying down the flesh and not going and eating when you should be fasting and very practical things. But you know what he said to me was, this fast, you come to know yourself. You know yourself so well that you can actually leave it behind and go and do these things because you're not protecting it. You're not afraid of who might compromise it. And he said to me, potential gets derailed by self centeredness So as we're trying to climb and reach and reach higher and higher, what he's asking, he's not... He's not laying down rules, he's just saying, listen to me and let go of the things that I show you you need to let go of. Don't compromise where everyone else might be doing it and it looks okay. For me, the challenge was coming to know who I am in Christ. Who has he made me to be? And when I know that, then I don't need to compete with anyone else and I don't need to be threatened by other people and I don't need to justify what I do because I know myself in Christ and I can keep climbing those stairs. I had a vision a few weeks ago, actually, on the Monday I wasn't here. Phil and Dale were worshipping and something just hit me about their their confidence. I was like, whoa, they're so confident. But I was seeing like these little demons, like little gremlin things and they were nibbling, they were going for their heels, like they were nipping their heels and they were swearing at them. I'm like, oh, whoa, what is going on? It was so bizarre, but they were standing like, I'm like, can't they see it? (laughs) Whether they could or not, they were choosing not to because the confidence in the position that they held really, it blew me away when I could see what I could see down below and I could see the way they were walking despite it. So just to leave you this thought, selflessness is choosing to reach to that higher level, knowing that it's beyond us, knowing it's too hard, but believing that we are enough. In Christ, we are enough to reach this new place of potential that's being outworked in our life. And when I messaged Dale some things that God gave me concerning her this week, she came back that she really believes that there is something about to break and, and I believe that too. There's something about to break and when it breaks it's going to show us some that are not quite ready to keep going but it's okay because we're forerunners. We don't have to take everyone with us. And if we want to be leaders, well, I don't want to be a leader of the pack, but if that's what God's called us to be, because we're willing, you know, it's, all, it's not about we want to be leaders, it's that we're, we're saying, okay, God, you can put me out in the front line, we'll take the hits, we'll take the wax, we'll take the bullets, but we can trust him that he's going to take care of the rest. There is... It's a choice we all have whether we keep climbing or we just have a little plateau. And there's, it's not like it's wrong. It's not like it's wrong, but there is this new thing that God's bringing. And I just feel so impressed in my spirit that if you want to be there and part of that, then keep stretching. Keep asking God, is there any place I'm compromising? even unknowingly maybe his grace is so good it's so sufficient to actually tell us sometimes we forget to ask the Holy Spirit because we've got good ideas and we think we'll just run with that but just take a moment to ask every day all the time Holy Spirit you know should I be going and getting that coffee for that person is their spirit ready and willing for that or should I be doing this or ask him and he'll show you and if he says no then don't do it and if you get it wrong that's okay too because he forgives and he redirects and it's just like it's not as scary as I think I've thought it is his grace is sufficient So that was my vision. The steps are getting bigger. They're getting to the point that maybe at the end we're just going to need someone like Dale or Phil up there to throw down a rope and pull us up. I'm not sure. You know, it's like they are getting... It's getting harder. It's getting much harder. But it's okay. Mm, So, Father, we just hold Dale in our spirit right now. We know that you hold her in your heart and your hands, and um, we pray that you give us revelation each one individually of how we can uh, surround her with yeah the encouragement, the confirmation, the words, Father, the things that maybe you drop in our spirit that don't make sense to us. Help us to just be obedient and step out and and share them. Uh, with her or each other, whatever it is that you call us to do. We ask that you surround her, Lord, with that fire of God, a wall of your fire, that anything that tries to penetrate that wall will regret having brought that attempt against your anointed one. Uh, Your word says, do my prophets no harm. We know that it's, it's in your heart to protect Dale. So we just ask that in that place and space that she is now, that she be surrounded by the presence of your spirit, undergirded, ministered to to the very depths of her being, Father, the very deep places that you want to go, so she can go to the next level and she can continue that journey of of being stretched. And preparing that place for others to follow in her footsteps. And we pray for Phil and for the children, the grandchildren, that, Father, your heart is for unity. And so we call over their family unity, unity in flesh and in spirit, and that the power and the blessing that you have in that space will not be compromised again. We just ask for you to heal every hurt, every wound. Son of righteousness arise with healing in your wings and your beams and shine your light, your your light of healing into every wounds on the souls of Dale Phil and the children and the grandchildren. Just bring that healing. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And we pray for her safety, her health, that you will watch over everything concerning Adele while she's in Sydney with the things that she's doing and bring her back safely. In Jesus' name, amen.